So, what was that dream? Which? You told me you had a dream about me, but you didn't finish? You didn't say what I was doing. You were shoveling snow. I... What? You were just a little girl in a flannel nightgown, and you were shoveling snow from the walk in front of our house. And I was the snow. I was the snow, and, and, and everywhere it landed, and, and everywhere it covered. You scooped me up hmm. with a big red shovel. You scooped me up. You can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am the I'm so much crazier than you. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Let's take me. to the world. Welcome to Facing Off. This is a podcast where we take two movies that we find to be similar and we compare, contrast, and rate them. Uh, before we start, I got a message from Smokey Robinson. He wanted me to pass this along. <laughs> he said, I wish everyone a happy Chinooka. I have no idea what Chinooka is, but happy Chinooka because they said so. Anyway, God bless you, babes, and enjoy Chinooka. Have a wonderful time. <laughs> and if you have not seen the video of Smokey Robinson saying that on a cameo, we'll then link please it. go look at that. Uh, we will, uh, we'll, we'll retweet it. What's then. up? My name's Gabe. That is Nick, and we are joined again by Layla. How are you all? Good. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking to the audience. Layla, have you seen the video of Smokey Robinson yes. not knowing about Jewish existence. Uh, that was a pretty good impression of the yeah, way he sounds in that video, too. <laughs> Thank you. I, I've watched it many t- many a time. <laughs> that and uh, the witness and that Rudy Giuliani thing. Uh, I have, I have watched that video just What about a the farts? Times. Have you seen the farts? Oh, the farts are great. Amazing. Uh, anyways, uh, shout out to all and all a good night. Uh, we are doing, and to all a good night. Yeah, you um, go. We are doing two Christmas romantic slash family comedies. Yeah. Where families have romance with each other. Just kidding. It's not incestual Ooh. at all. No. Uh, we're you, doing... You misread these movies. I what movies were have you a tendency to make things weirder than they should be, and I enjoy doing that. <laughs> uh, we are doing The Family Stone and Happiest Season... The hit new film on Hulu. Nick, what are these movies about? Uh, They're both movies about uh, bringing your loved ones home to meet uh, your parents for the holidays. Mm -hmm. A time-honored tradition. Mm -hmm. In Happiest Season, writer Harper takes her girlfriend Abby home for the holidays. Abby, who plans fully, fully 100% plans to propose to Harper, learns from Harper that Harper has not yet come out to her parents 
on the way to their home. This is problematic for the young couple who endure a week of sleeping in separate beds, pretending not to be in love, which works really well for Abby because she's played by Kristen Stewart, who has all of the charisma of a literal chestnut and remaining firmly within the deepest confines of the closet in order not to upset Harper's father's political ambitions. Um, Abby learns from Harper's ex-girlfriend that Harper has a bit of a pattern of refusing to acknowledge her sexuality around her own family, which again is rather problematic for Abby, who eventually still proposes to Harper, even though Harper's bitchy older sister outs Harper in front of her family, and Harper calls her sister a liar, and even though Harper has been flirting with the guy that she went to prom with, generally ignoring Abby and dismissing her feelings and refusing to accept and embrace herself in front of her parents. It does make it a little bit better that Harper does come out to her family in the end, and her family embraces her and Abby wholeheartedly, but still... Uh, Harper's a, a a real mess. Uh, I, I want to correct something. I don't think she's flirting with that guy. She's kind of parrying him off. He's flirting with her, so but flirting. he's just trying to get to the... No. Okay. Putting up the facade of flirting. Yeah. There are other problems with her. <laughs> there are other things. <laughs> well, it's just there not... Are, it's just not yeah, I didn't... I mentioned several problems. I will yeah. let the record show. <laughs> In and Family what Stone... What Family Stone about? Yeah. Uh, big Wall Street man Everett Stone returns home for the holidays with his uptight by the books girlfriend Meredith. Everett's family is super liberal, unconventional, and full of hatred toward Meredith, whom they endlessly rib for being so anal. Meredith calls in her sister to ease the tension and make her feel more comfortable in the Stone's home. Meanwhile, Everett won't stand up for Meredith, really, and his brother Ben steps in to console Meredith, um, with whom he becomes eventually uh, romantically entangled. Meredith's sister Julie and Everett start something up, though, so everyone's happy, and weirdly, everyone's just, like, super cool with it. The end. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, very, I, I very inserted true. my own biases into yeah. these ones, but I'm really sorry. I'm for getting that. a feeling, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that being said, I don't hate either of these. I just think that yeah, me there's some I issues that, here. Yeah, and we'll get into that. Um, Layla had suggested these two movies because, well, for one thing, you love the Family Stone. I, do. I mean, who doesn't? I, I, do. I didn't even know what it was before this. Me week, either, and now I'm glad I do. I do. I do too. Uh, I, or I am too. Um, but you had mentioned to us, you were like, I think we could do these two movies. They're similar enough, but I don't think they're that similar. And Nick and I were texting each other after watching it and we're like, what is she talking about? Can I just say, I was like, I was like downplaying it because I was so nervous you guys would come back and be like, she's an idiot. These are so different or something. Oh my God. How could we do that? They're so so similar. There were so many ties between the two movies. Like. Like specific character choices, Very like specific, having yes, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, like like the family dynamics yeah. to a certain the degree siblings, are that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the siblings. Yeah, so it, and they were both very fun. Uh, but the only way we could talk about these movies on this podcast <laughs> is by breaking them down and rating them in super arbitrary categories. <laughs> we let's let's get into it. So our categories today, we're going to be doing actoring. Pulse, where we talk about the romance. No, we're just going to call it the mistletoe category for this one. Oh, oh I forgot about that. We so should call cute. it that. Nick, that's so cute. Thank you. <laughs> I couldn't uh, come up with a then... pun. I tried for like an hour to come up with a pun. Just didn't happen. So it's no, just the mistletoe, mistletoe category. Works. All right, we're going to do actoring, mistletoe, <clears throat> spectacularity, originality, and legacy. As always, we rate these on a scale of one to seven, super random scale, but it works. If you think about it, it's one is poor, four is neutral, and seven is spectacular. Um, 
beautiful, magnificent, 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 which is what uh, Benicio Del Toro shouts in Infinity War when he's in his own cage. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) let's start with actoring. Let's talk about the performances, how great they were or how bad they were and whether the writers and directors helped them, uh, helped each of the actors perform at the best of their abilities. Uh, Layla, why don't you start with uh, The Family Stone, would you please? Okay, okay. So I'm going to premise this for everybody listening. The Family Stone is like, I wouldn't even just say top Christmas movies for me. I really, really, really love this movie. But I am going to be fair to the fact that there are definitely things we can all be critical about in this movie. So I'm going to start with that. First, for actoring, I gave it a five. I Mm. think it's a little bit above average. I don't think it's anything spectacular or remarkable, but I do think everyone does a good job in this movie, and I really enjoy them. This is one of my favorite Diane Keaton roles. Um, Yeah, she's so great. She's so good in this movie. It's such a nuanced performance, and I love... I wrote wrote the same note. Yeah, I just love that she... Typically, like, she's played... So I'm a huge Diane Keaton fan. So like she's played a lot of rom-com roles and lots of like neurotic women. Um, like lot like Nancy Myers loves Diane Keaton and she plays mm-hmm. a lot of those types. And Woody but Allen. yeah, this is just this is different for her. She's kind of like a little bit meaner and grittier and sarcastic and like harsh. And I love that. And she does such a great job of it. Um, so she does an incredible job. I I love all the actors in this movie. I love Rachel McAdams in this movie. I think she's the perfect annoying sister in so many different ways. And Mm -hmm. she hits really well in certain scenes. Um, I think Luke Wilson's hilarious and I find him hilarious. Uh, I don't, I I could go to each individual character. I just think each character does a great job and I'm sorry, Sarah Jessica Parker too. She's, she's like the main character. She's, so perfect at being uptight and annoying and frustrating, but like you learn to love her over the film. She does a great job. And I think the writing aids all of their characters really well. So I think it's above average. So five. Yeah. I've, I've actually never been a Sarah Jessica Parker fan in the past, but like watching this, she was so perfectly casted in the role. I thought she like really nails the, um, how, uncomfortable Meredith is at all times and how off-putting she is by by how she talks. Um, I actually gave it a five as well, which I was a little surprised about. Uh, but if I'm really talking about it as the type of movie it is, which is like kind of like a family dramedy, um, I just think everyone does really well. I think it balances a lot of the characters like very, very well because there are, there are so a many. lot of characters yeah. to work with. Yeah. And each scene, like each character gets their moments to shine. There are little like things that they do. And I think it's really perfectly like orchestrated together by Craig T. Nelson um, as the dad who really like yes, keeps everything Craig. in check. <laughs> and, and it's really cool to see him like working through the scenes to make sure his family's okay. Um, you already talked about Keaton. I, I love her little reactions to stuff. I think Luke Wilson, I, I've always loved Luke Wilson. Um, I actually think he's a slightly better actor than Owen. Um even though Owen, like I get Owen's shtick, like they, it, there's a reason why <laughs> Owen is famous. But Luke Wilson, I think he shows a lot of range in this, um, and I think you kind of need a character like him because you need this like charming, lovable, like neutral party yeah. when they're when everyone else is on polar uh, opposite ends. Um, weird for me, so I haven't. So I had seen like Romeo plus Juliet, but. Like, I had really never seen Claire Danes ex- before watching <laughs> Homeland. Homeland. And she is so, in- like, literally insane as as Carrie Matheson in that. 
and and so she's just like high she's highly manic as the show is going on that I had never seen her play like a normal character be like a normal person yeah and it's just like she's she's so incredibly beautiful and like her performance is so great like she's so lovable from a like very early point and I think that's like good character writing for her so um I just think the best the best scene that encapsulates how good the acting was all around and how they balance it um and, and this is my favorite scene in the movie is the the what makes a normal child uh dinner scene yeah. which is incredibly uncomfortable scene. but it is so well acted yeah. and the moment when <clears throat> yeah. Craig T Nelson finally blows up is like it's just it's great so i i give it above average as well i give it a 5 that's the scene that sold me on Sarah Jessica Parker's performance. Before that, I was like, you could just pluck her out of this and put anybody in her role. Sure. And yeah. then after yeah. that, it was like, okay, now now I kind of this makes sense for her. Yeah. I still don't yeah. like I'm still not a big SJP fan, but I do agree it was a 5 for me as well. Nice. SJP. SJP. I am um, I'm 100% sure that's how she says it too. <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh any other notes on that name? No. No, I you guys covered it. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Um, let's talk about well, Harry. Uh, happiest season actoring, and I have a quick announcement to make before. Hey, Mary Steenberg, come on the pod. We keep yeah. asking you, come on the pod, please. You're so great. We love you and everything. Um, the also, only you're Allison, the only reason, Mary, that this movie is not a one for me. And I, I have a big request. <laughs> it's Allison Brie. Could you please leave Dave Franco and go out on a date with me? I promise you won't regret it. Oh God! All right. Do you want um, Smoky Eyes about... Allison Brie from this movie or Allison? Yeah, I will take Allison Brie in anything. Like literally in Glow, okay, especially like just... at her worst in Glow. Can we get this out of the way? Because I do not understand what the male obsession with Allison Brie is. I think she is such a basic normal girl and i, I don't do want to debase her but like i think that's it she's got an incredible I think that's body incredible personality her body is like so awesome. many other bodies in hollywood there's nothing like ridiculous no, about her body have you seen the first episode of glow yeah incredible. i mean she's incredibly strong she's like i've seen like i props to her like she's done a lot of work on her body that's awesome but like she's to me she's she's pretty don't get me wrong she's pretty and i think that she can be funny but every time i see like an interview with her on youtube or something Men comment in the comment section like she is the funniest bro girl on the entire planet, and I don't think that oh. she's funny like at all. I don't, explain this to me. Oh. Explain the. Obsession. I think she's funny. I think she's beautiful. I think she's really cool. I think she's like a big advocate for health, and <laughs> she must she, like her and like Dave Franco and a lot of their friends and stuff are really like funny people. I seem like they have like a cool. Uh, Hollywood social life and you know if they wanted to include me in a few things I would be You'd really be grateful down. I'm not I'm not begging or You'd anything cool but please it. let me hang out with you guys all right please, and I'm I am begging actually and if you are Allison Brie and you are listening you should stop listening now because yeah. I don't really like her in this movie and I gave this movie a two I do Whoa. I hate Kristen Stewart I th- in everything that do. she's in yeah. I think she is a paperweight <laughs> she is just like so yeah. emotionless, dude. And um, and I think that Mackenzie Davis has nothing to, to feed off of. So then she has to be also not good because every oh, time she interacts that. with Kristen Stewart, I just don't buy it. Mary Steenberg is the only reason this is not a Steenbergen. One. Steenbergen. Dang, dude. You know yeah, what? I'm... If you type in Steenberg in Google, 
it corrects her name to Steenberg, and so it's my yeah, because well it's, be it's she's ultimate. Hey, Mary Steenberg, come on the pod. Yeah, Nick, Nick that's so. So I'm. I also uh, didn't really like the actoring. Like it, I just thought the writing of the per, uh, of the characters wasn't always super strong, um, and that's kind of where I had an issue with it. But I do like. I think Mackenzie Davis is great in everything she's been in, um, and I think she's she's really well casted for this we, role. We I think don't she does agree a good with job. you. Yeah, but that's fine. This is my opinion and not yours. Um, I, I think that her and Allison Brie like kind of work off each other really well when there are scenes with them. Except for the one exception is the ice skating scene is so painfully not funny that yeah. I don't understand who allowed it to be in the movie. Um, I don't really like Kristen Stewart comedically. When she's doing like comedy stuff, it just doesn't work. I think she's kind of like I I will talk about it when we get to the mistletoe category, but I think she works well better with Aubrey Plaza in this movie. And and we should We're going to talk a lot about okay. that. <laughs> Anyways, I think the, and there was a uh, reason why I brought this up in Family Stone. I think this movie's really missing like a Luke Wilson character because there's not really a lovable Daniel like, Levy? I don't know if he's lovable because he's actually kind of a piece of shit person for most of the movie. He's like not listening. He even admits he's not great to her. He kills her fish. He doesn't listen to her concerns until later. And he only listens to it initially because he wants to um, be nice to her because he killed her fish. That's so funny. Um, But I I think like even above that, that, he's not around them enough. He's not, he only shows up really at the end to be the Yeah, I mean in the family dynamic. Sure, sure. So, yeah. So he's like this, and I, I and I do think that I mean there's a really good scene with him, which I want to talk about later as well. Um, couldn't when we? He conf- couldn't we kind of say maybe the other sister is maybe that person? No, see this okay. is this okay. is my issue because I oh, had she's first great, had put, I had first said that Mary uh, Mary Holland, I had first liked her character when she came in, yeah, and then they just took it to such an absurd and unrealistic level with yeah. her so quickly, like. Yeah. The Josh Hartnett poster when she's just like, yummy, yummy, yummy. And they're like, okay. And I was like, all right, this is too much. I thought that that's where they were going with that character. And I would have really liked that. Yeah. And I do like how they they work with that character later. Um, that was kind of my issue. It, it's also missing like that, you know, that fatherly figure that Craig T. Nelson has oh that God, brings yeah. everything together. I don't like the dad in this I just didn't care all. about this family. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say, two, there's two performances that I loved. And it's a very quick scene, and it is Timothy Simons and Lauren Lapkus as the uh, mall security people. Yeah. That scene was the only scene I laughed in, like, hard. And uh, that was great. I'm, I'm, I'm at, like, a three, though. I don't think it's awful acting. Uh, I gave it a three. I, I don't think okay. it's – I have a lot of problems with a lot of the acting in this movie. I think that so, – one of you already said this, but the writing doesn't aid them very well in this movie. Like – I personally actually really don't like Mackenzie Davis in this movie, like, at all. And I think a huge part of that is the writing. I think that yes, she's great yes. and she can be great. But the entire that entire scene after she gets, like, wasted with her ex and she's all of a sudden, like, defensive as all hell and, like, why are you suffocating me and all this bullshit when she, like, brought her home and all – it just – it. It wasn't really consistent writing for her character. It wasn't great. I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to like exemplify that she was in a weird space and she's dealing with a very difficult thing and she doesn't know how to handle the situation that she's in. And I get that. 
but it's bad writing. Like it doesn't come off that way. It honestly just annoyed the shit out of me the whole movie. Yeah, and then it just makes her into a super dislikable. Yeah, character. I just disliked the crap out of her when, when, she, yeah. when she responded to her in the morning. I like audibly went, "Oh my god." No. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. were toxic, okay? Yeah. No, it no, totally. Like I had so many moments like that with her in yeah, general. I totally. it just it that wasn't great for me. Allison Brie, there are moments where I like found some of it funny and then there were other moments where I just did I didn't care, I guess is what I should say. It wasn't like bad for me. I just didn't care. Yeah. Um the sister, yeah. sure, she can be a lot at times. I think I did laugh at some of the stuff that she did. And I love her at the end when she just is like, screw all you guys, when she finally is like, I painted this really cool fucking thing. I'm a weird person and I get it, but fuck you. And I love that. And that she's was like, a great I scene. like me. Yeah, I yeah. like me. I loved all yeah. of that. Yeah, um Kristen Stewart's a weird actress for me because I I know why she could or can be good in some things, but she's just never going to be right for me. Every time I see her in a movie and she makes those damn awkward faces, I think back to Twilight. And I'm sorry, I'm scarred. Like, I'm just never going to not be able to see that version of her in anything that she does. Um, I do. The one thing I'll say is I do love Daniel Levy in this movie. I think mm-hmm. he does a great job. I, I do too, by the I way. Think, I think it's... I almost think that he probably aided in the writing of his character because it's just, it's so him and so funny. And I think it does break up a lot of these scenes that annoyed the crap out of me. Like if there were, if it was just this annoying family getting at each other the whole movie and I didn't have those phone conversations where he accidentally killed the fish and he's like getting a new fish. Like I was laughing at all of that. And he's also one of the more, nuanced characters too because he's the one who steps up and tells Kristen Stewart what's up and is like yo we need to have a real conversation it's a very powerful scene it's a it's incredibly written he acts it out perfectly he even comes out with two other people's coats and they're just these gorgeous fur coats and I love that like it's (laughs) so he kind of carries it for me in some places but I don't think it's like an incredibly well acted film there are a lot of places that are poor so I go below average and I'm gonna give it a three I agree um well said. Let's uh, well let's continue kind of talking about the performances. Let's talk about like the chemistry yeah. between mistletoe. the characters. So let's talk about our special category called mistletoe for this holiday theme. Uh, we're going to talk about the romance side of it and whether the romance was believable or if it was based off of relationship stereotypes and uh, whether it was like shallow writing for that. Let's stick with happiest season since we're already on it. I think. Um, I I think this is like kind of a problematic area for this, which is so interesting because it is a romance movie. It's a, it and it's a romantic comedy, and for multitude of reasons, it's very important that it came out. But I I just I, I think it kind of starts out strong with Mackenzie Davis and Kristen Stewart. Like the first scene, I I think I I believe that relationship. I I, I maybe you didn't, Nick, but like I thought they were a good couple in the first few scenes and it, and I enjoyed that, but they slowly let that fall you apart, the, which is you, good. You mean I the just, scene with Ru- Rudolph, the red nosed gimp and they accidentally. Yeah. That I, I didn't like oh, that was, I, the comedy is so hacky in this, but yeah. um, I mean, but what the plot does. So I know that the point of it is supposed to like pull them apart, but they get so pulled apart in chemistry that by the end of the movie, I can't believe that they would be together. Yeah. 
And I and and what is very similar about these two movies, which you get with the Everett and uh, uh, Julie plot in Family Stone, and then with this with uh, Aubrey Plaza's character and uh, I think her name's like Riley and um, and Kristen Stewart, is that I like the, I thought that chemistry was way more believable. And when there are scenes with Plaza and Stewart, I really enjoyed watching them together. Like they really worked well off of each other. And it kind of sucks that you get to the end and she actually does end up with Mackenzie Davis. Cause it, and I know that there's a big dialogue about this on the internet. Like that's the wrong person, dude. Like that was not the right choice. And so I have Dang. to give it like a two. I don't think it's like, there's no chemistry. I obviously noted oh, that there was sorry. some chemistry. But I give Bounce it a two point. out of seven. I, I, I have problems with the way that they um, depict relationships and stuff in this. I do too. I gave it a one. Whoa. I don't think because I don't buy I don't buy them from the start. I just don't think that they're. And then yeah, I mean, if you buy them at the end, I mean, what? Who hurt you? <laughs> you know? No, no I just I guess, like, yeah. dude, come on, man. I mean, well, I guess they just... give you enough context with like Daniel Levy does the, um, you know, talks to her about the differences for people coming out, and I believe that. I just think I really like the line when Kristen Stewart's like. It's too late, you know? Like, yeah. I, I believe that because even if she doesn't think that Mackenzie Davis is an awful person for it. Th- I just like, think I just think this is like the reason they failed at this was because it could have been it could have worked because this is very much a real thing for a lot of people. It's a very difficult right, thing totally. to come out to your family. And that's this is an important story. But they just wrote her and she acted. I'm sorry, Mackenzie, again, in a way that made her so disliked and dislikable that I didn't believe it by the end. I was like, there's no reason for Kristen Stewart to be in love with her. I have no reason to understand why she's in love with her at this point. There was no real build for me where I was like, I get it. I get why they love each other. And that was Mm -hmm. hard for me to buy into. And then they bring Aubrey into it. And there is just like, it's palpable chemistry. They're so, they act so well together. You can, they understand each other. They listen to each other. You feel a connection between the two of them. It's it's really well built. They gave like really great scenes to the two of them when they're at the bar and they're talking and they're connecting and they're understanding yeah, each too. other. Yeah. Like it's it was a hundred percent the way the writers structured these these relationships and the way they wrote the characters so that you couldn't believe it. It's so unfortunate that they made Mackenzie Davis a dis dislikable character because you're supposed to root for her in this movie. So it's right. It's really, I, I mean, I gave it a two just because, and speaking to what you were saying, Gabe, I, I before I saw this movie, so I, I have deep dived into TikTok, y'all. Um, and this was on, I have a hardcore deep dive. And uh, this was, when this movie first came out that weekend, this was all I saw. It was just the LGBTQ plus community being like, what the flying fuck? <laughs> How did she end up with Mackenzie Davis instead of amazing Aubrey Plaza? Like, it's just... Did I just say her name right? Yeah, Aubrey Plaza. That just sounded weird yeah. coming out of my mouth. Anyways, it's it's, it's a, a it's well because a, amazing was too yeah was too minimal of a an adjective to describe her. It should have been something like <laughs> bigger, spectacularity. Perfect. Yeah, yeah super just, nailed that one. The whole the whole universe <laughs> came out and was like, "This is ridiculous." Like no one believed it. No one believed it, and it was because well, yeah, it is. It's like it takes yeah. this like serious, important thing that that people deal with and then it just ends up minimizing it because she's so awful about it and it's not that she hasn't told her family it's that she waits to tell her 
girlfriend that oh, she's she hasn't told them, and then she actively. I mean, she literally turns to Allison Brie and goes, "I'm not gay." What well, are you talking she's, about? She's pushing it off to everyone too. Like it, it's kind of awful to her ex boyfriend. And I thought that scene was actually really good when he finally confronts her about it, um, because he's not. A, it, it, they could have. What I did like about that was they could have made him into this like awful mean character that could have spoiled it with the family. Right. But he's not. He's a nice person. He just wants to know what the hell is going on because he thought they would have been good together and i do think I that she kind of leads him on in the bar a little bit like she stays hella totally. late with him no one else is there like why are he in his mind he thinks that she's straight and he's thinking that she's spending all this time with yeah. him alone independently that's yeah she's that's a all... shitty piece of shit but okay and i have to say this because this is about this is about writing and i didn't say it before why on God's green earth did she fucking still take her in the car to take her home? Like the next day after she realizes she made this dumb thing and said, you should come home with me. She yeah. still decides to take her instead of just up front before putting her in the car <clears throat> saying it's like, it's such a selfish thing. Like it's just, I agree. Well, she traps her. She literally traps her in that situation. <laughs> yeah. They're in the middle of gaslight like, her in that morning. <laughs> Yeah. That morning when she, yeah, and that's why I actually reacted strongly to that scene because I was like, dude, fuck you. I was like so angry. <laughs> it's awful. Which it's is such a yeah. terrible thing to do to somebody. Right, and then she just makes it worse. And let's so, talk about the family stone. Right. And my um, biggest bridge between the two that I think is a huge problem and why I gave re- actoring so low and, and this category so low is I don't want to be told that two people are in love and about to get married. I want to see it. And both movies, I feel like the main two characters, the writers are just like, no, 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 these people love each other. I know that their behavior doesn't appear Uh, as if they do love each other. You texted this to me, Nick. I I disagree because they tell you pretty quickly that Everett and Meredith are yeah, are we talking about love. Family Stone now? Yeah, we moved on to okay. Family Stone. So, well, I, I mean, I totally, he's going to marry her. I hear you because like, I, I forced a friend to watch this movie at one point and they were lividly upset about that whole thing. <laughs> they were just like, why is he with her? It makes no sense. Like, this is so... And But they tell I, you that. I do think they do a very subtle job of insinuating the fact that because his mom is sick he feels like he has to settle down and find someone and get married. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's very subtle and they could have done a better job of like making that a bigger part of the storyline. Cause he's definitely settling. Point. It's, it's so evident that he doesn't love her and his whole family says it at, at one point when he's getting the ring, his brother is literally like, you don't love her. Like they're, they're all calling it out. It's a well-known fact that he doesn't love her. Um, and to be fair to like her, a lot of, even myself, I've definitely been in relationships where I convinced myself it was the right thing and that it was good and I stayed in it, you know? So like, I think, yeah. yes, I hear what you're saying and I think you're, I I definitely see how that like perspective is there. I just think there the reasoning behind all of it's in the movie. It's just not as like, it's not super, super clear or like. Yeah, you just have to be like, intelligent, Nick. And um, <laughs> I'm sorry that it went over your head. Rude. Maybe I missed it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, continue because I, I, you probably had some other points about it, Nick. About mistletoe. Yeah, we just kind of jumped into this. Where are we? We're doing pulse for Family Stone, right? Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Pulse slash mistletoe. Um. Yeah. I mean, I just, uh, I don't believe that chemistry. And yeah, I, I understand. I mean, he's settling, but like, he's not just like, like, 
like his family just rips into her. Yeah, they do. They so. must have <laughs> talked to the, him about her before. Well, only they must McAdams have. had had uh, met her met before, her. and that was it. I mean, dude, they are just. It brutal. sounds like it was a really rushed relationship, though. That he like right. that. And and I do I, I agree with uh, Layla that it should have been uh, fleshed out maybe a little bit more a little bit more clear why he was rushing it yeah um, I and it's I, tough because yeah. you have to balance so many characters that it's hard that's to really I think get. where the issue is there's just so many characters but I think that generally the rest of the relationships make sense I think Everett oh. and Julie just no. kind of like. That's so funny because I... Oh, so yeah, go I, ahead, Layla, but I had the exact opposite response. That's actually... Yeah, I kind of had the opposite because I didn't give it... Okay, I'll give my... What score did you give it, Nick? I just went average. I think everything balances itself out. So I went three four, and then I went three. four. Okay, you went four. So I'm giving it a four too, but for not because of Sarah Jessica Parker and Everett, but because of how they kind of force Everett and her sister onto me. Like I actually, I definitely believe Sarah Jessica Parker and Luke Wilson because there's a build throughout the film where he's just like kind of enamored by her a little bit. And I just like, he's fascinated by her. He finds her fascinating. And And so why would she be with him? Because he loosens her up for the first time. She finally finds someone that like brings her out of her comfort zone. And that's built throughout the movie. I think she would have gone back to her city afterwards and been like, I am a lot looser now. Like I'm gonna go explore this. I don't know. I think they have. I think they have good chemistry. But that's fair enough. My. I think Everett and Claire Danes have very little chemistry, and I think they are forced on us more than any of the other relationships in the movie. Because going back to a three, you're right. They they just they literally go for he sees her and all of a sudden he's enamored. And don't get me, I'm gonna I'll clarify my feelings about this. He sees her, he's enamored out of very very quickly. They go on one walk while they're looking for his fiance, and in one conversation, Dang. they're like in love with each other, which is which is a great conversation. They have a lot in common, and I get oh, that. But but Layla, but she falls out of a bus. Like Yeah, you could also it's you so hot when girls fall <laughs> out of so buses. So turned on. The ground melted a little bit under her and she slipped. Um you could definitely differentiate because th- those are the uh, big similarities in the two movies, the Aubrey Plaza, Kristen Stewart, and the and the yeah. Dermot Mulroney, uh, Claire Dane thing. But is what's it Dermot good Mulroney in, or is what's it... better in happy <laughs> If you haven't seen the sketch on SNL, uh, Dermot Mulroney or uh, Dylan, Dylan McDermott. McDermott. Uh, it's one of the funniest SNL sketches. Wait, can Please I say, can I say one last thought before? Yeah, yeah, I, I just don't want to lose it. So, like, I think that there's a difference between these two movies. Like, I think Happiest Season does a poor job of this, and I think Family Stone does a pretty good job of this. I, I have to remind myself sometimes that these are Christmas films and Christmas movies tend to have kind of like a fantastical like love storyline in all of them. Like these are all like better versions of like Hallmark movies and they and Christmas movies in general have like that happy season, like miracles happen, like people fall in love kind of storylines. And I think Family Stone does a little bit better version of that where it's just kind of fun and you you just like are with it and you join in with it. Happiest Season is a bad job of that. Um, But I do think, like, I have to remind myself sometimes that this is a Christmas movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's a Christmas movie, but, like, if we're just talking about the chemistry issues, I mean, the other issue that I was trying... that I was trying to allude to with, um, Ju- I think her name is Julie and Everett, mm-hmm. is that it's not only that it's just 
they show they it's like love at first sight and then they go on the meeting or they go on the walk and they and they start to like each other through that conversation, which is a good conversation. It's more believable with Aubrey Plaza's character because they have a shared experience. It's like mm-hmm. a very shared experience. They were both, you know, kept in the in the shadow. Yeah. They're both the... hurt by a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or a well, sociopath. At it's least. so funny because quote unquote the shared experience that Everett and Julia are supposed to have is that they both like like kind of hippie travel stuff. Like they talk. Yeah, about which how, is like which is so such a ridiculous. Weird, it's ridiculous. It is forced on us, and I, and I had a problem with that. I I personally had a problem with the Ben and Meredith getting together and the like being together. It's not that they. That's the fantastic. I could see that. There was something that she liked about him. And when she goes back to his room at the end, like, I like that scene because she scooped him up. But, um, (laughs) but what really uh, the problem was like, they show it a full year later. And I just don't believe that at all. And I actually think a lot of this movie, I think if I had watched this when I was younger, I think this movie has a lot of unreal expectations of how relationships work. And, you know, that's kind of a problem with a lot of rom-coms, but like, yeah, you even I, get like the whole year later and it's like Rachel McAdams and uh, uh, Paul Schneider's character, like Ben Stevenson or, or Brad Stevenson. Like, I, I also wouldn't believe that they were still together because it kind of seems like she just settled a little bit and, and I, I, I don't know. But like, I also like the other problem with Meredith is like, it implies she is in love with him in the end probably based on that weird dream that we did at the beginning. And it implies that she remembers that dream, but she doesn't remember whether she slept with him or not, which was like probably like an hour later. <laughs> um, so I, I just don't buy anything between that story. So I, I gave it a three as well. I, I, I kind of had a lot of issues with the chemistry in here. I think the only great chemistry was like uh, Diane Keaton and Craig T. Nelson. Oh my God. Yeah. They are yeah. magic. They are literal. They are the magic. Scene- the scene in bed when they when you see that she had a double mastectomy like i lose it at first i was like what the fuck is about to go down and then it becomes really sad and i'm like oh (laughs) just watch the scene Gabe. (laughs) just chill (laughs) i thought we were about to see diane naked like and in a sex scene with craig t nelson (laughs) and i was not prepared but it ended up being a really sweet scene how crazy Um, would that be that would be crazy that would make the spectacular category really high yeah, let's talk about spectacularity. Um, this is where we talk about how engaging the movies were. Um, Give a pat on the back for that transition. Good job, <laughs> uh, I'll kick it off, I guess, with... Uh, let's start with The Family Stone. Um, I This is so weird. Going into this movie, I was kind of skeptical because I just don't like these... I don't watch holiday movies. I'm not a Christmas person, and uh, I'm not a big rom-com person. But I really found it engaging, like, right from the start. I think, like, right when you, like, you get the weird scene with Sarah Jessica Parker that really introduces her in the mall. But, like, right when you get into the house and there's more and more characters and you see the dynamic between them, I think it's just kind of fun. They rope you into it. Um, I also really like um, how it kind of flows back and forth between comedy and drama. Um, I think it kind of seamlessly does it. And, like, you know, it's, it's pretty funny for all of the start and then you get the conversation between Luke Wilson and Craig T. Nelson about the mom and it's really fucking sad and it's not like it doesn't feel like it fully comes out of nowhere because it seems really human you know and that's kind of how the whole movie is I think any scene actually when it 
becomes a little bit more serious with Luke Wilson. I just think that it, like they're blending it really well. And I think every moment where they briefly discuss what's happening with the mom yeah. is really powerful. Um, so I'm just really engaged in it. Um, I do, I, I do think the story structure gets a little messy because there's too many characters and I kind of don't know where the movie's going at a certain point. And that would be like my only issues with it. Um, but again, there's like really captivating scenes, like the scene that I said with Luke Wilson. But the the dinner scene is like I dinner was fully scene is engaged. A huge highlight for me. It's great. So I I gave it above average. I I gave it a five. These aren't my type of movies, but I, I really do think it was more engaging than an average uh, rom com or family comedy. I went four. Oh, and, and the reason why is uh, it distracts me how stark raving mad this family is for bullying a grown ass woman to the point of tears relentlessly for multiple days in a row it is pretty ridiculous i couldn't get past it i could not get past how absolutely batshit nuts that is for this family to just be like fuck you you idiot what are you doing in our home being all straight laced and whatever like how how can (laughs) they're just horrible people but then they're not and so i just kind of like i don't know there's just too much like lunacy happening in this movie for me to fully enjoy it it's almost too fantastical that element you were talking about layla where like i know where the movie's ending up it's gonna end up with everybody with a significant other (laughs) and everyone's gonna be happy and it's gonna be christmas but the mom's gonna die (laughs) (laughs) um to to speak to that point, like I do think that I think that's interesting because I always kind of just felt it was that whole dynamic where you're bringing someone new into the fold, and like they even say it when um, this the her son talks about his partner, and the partner is like, "You did not like me in the beginning." Like I don't think it's just her. I think it's just that this family has like such a strong dynamic, and they do. It's very particular. They're all kind of mean to each other, and they're like they're siblings, right? They play off of each other, and their parents are super like intellectually sarcastic too. So I just feel like that's just kind of their dynamic, and it's always hard to incorporate someone, especially someone so entirely different. And they also had all these perceptions because of Rachel McAdams' character. I I totally see what you're saying, but I just always thought of it that way. Um, I gave it a five. I think. Um, this is my favorite type of Christmas movie. I love a Christmas movie that makes me feel like family and makes me think about family because when I think about the holidays, that's what I think of. Like, I think the really fun big ones like Elf and Home Alone are really fun and that's cool. But like when I really think about Christmas, like right before Christmas, I want to sit down and drink cocoa and watch The Family Stone because it engages me in a way that makes me feel Christmas. Like I genuinely feel that when I'm watching it. But Gabe, you made a great point about how perfectly this movie Thank you. interweaves between comedy and drama so well. Like it's just seamless. Like it just, even the smallest of scenes. My favorite scene in this movie is when the older sister who's pregnant is sitting with Rachel McAdams and Craig T. Nelson walks in and he's like, isn't oh, she so pleasant when she's like this and she's sleeping? And then they just have this very sweet, subtle moment and she's watching one of my favorite Christmas movies and then Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas comes on and it's just, it's so subtle, but it just sits with me and it's perfect and lovely and it's what I think about at Christmas time and those family moments. So it's, it's, I'm all, I'm so close to putting it to a six because of how much I'm convincing myself. Do whatever but, you want. Uh, 
Yeah. If I, I guess, you know what? Fine. If I do it personally for myself, it is a six Fuck for me. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, and, and to all a good night, uh, <laughs> let's talk about spectacularity for happiest season. And I will just preface this with, I can understand why this is probably like super fun for a lot of people. Don't want to take away from that. This is just my opinion about this. I, I, this is something that I was expecting this one to be the more fun movie. And I think it is, you know, designed to be, it's supposed to be more comedy than drama as opposed to family stone. I kind of didn't laugh though. So I, I don't know if the jokes weren't for me. I kind of felt like that. I, I, I alluded to this earlier. Like I felt the jokes were really hacky. There's like jokes about like Bumble and like a mom using an iPad to take pictures of the family and like Instagram jokes that didn't, didn't really work for me. But the other thing is on the romance side, there's not a lot of emotional pull in this movie. And when it does come in in a really engaging moment, when Dan Levy is is talking to her about the difference for other people that uh, in coming out um, and his own unique experience with it and, and kind of gives her more perspective. I think that's really powerful, but that was like 80 minutes into the movie, like literally 80 minutes into the movie to get that um, emotional moment. Um, I, I, I think it kind of just, it, the pace is a little slower too. Um, it does become chaotic and it's more fun when it's chaotic. Um, and I think, you know, you could turn your brain off and like watch certain scenes like with this, the younger sister, but it kind of takes a while to get into that. Whereas family stone kind of ropes you in pretty quickly. Um, I do want to say one thing since we're not doing eye candy for this episode, I normally hate title sequences, especially in 2020. Like, let's stop with title sequences. But a very effective title sequence in this because it was a bunch of, like, holiday cards. And it gave you the backstory of Mackenzie Davis and Kristen Stewart without any exposition um, about where they were before. And I I thought that was effective. But I I still give it below average. I gave it a three. I, I, I think it was kind of fun and enjoyable, but not, like, great. That's fair. I... Would agree, so I gave it a four, because I put it right in the middle as well. I, these, are, these aren't <clears throat> my favorite Christmas movies. My favorite Christmas movies are anything that involves the Grinch. Pretty much anybody that's green. Um, and <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I, I don't really have too many issues with the pacing of Happiest Season. Uh, w- where I have issues is every time Kristen Stewart m- makes a face, because it's the same as all her other faces. <laughs> She does. I was oh, gonna. Kristen. I forgot to mention this, but the one time she has great chemistry is in that sketch on SNL, the meet cute with Pete Davidson. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's just one of my it's honestly one sketch. of my favorite sketches. Uh, Kristen, you yeah. look incredible in this movie. She looks so she awesome. Does look, she does. She looks beautiful. Yeah, she looks beautiful in this movie. <laughs> I think um, she's also a cool. I've I've watched interviews with her, like the hot ones. I thought she was just like a really cool person. Yeah, I don't dislike Kristen Stewart the person. I, just I mean, think you that- do. She's not a good actor. I just don't... Well, I'll take that back. I think that if you give her a movie like this, you shouldn't be expecting very much. Yeah. You know? I think she did... You, I Honestly, I think she... her up for success. I think she did, like... I like if, if we're just talking about writing, like, I like... I thought her character was fine. I thought she was fine. There's just nothing... Spe- like, there's nothing great about her in this movie. And then on top of that, there's Kristen Stewart and her weird facial expressions and stuff. But, mm-hmm. like... There are a lot of other things in this movie that like took me out of it more than Kristen Stewart did, which is saying a lot. Um, but yeah, speak on that. I um, what? 
Well, just just a lot of what we've already talked about, like those bad writing moments, the bad Mm -hmm. acting moments, that kind of stuff. That pulls me out of a movie really fast because I sit there and I'm like, why did that just happen? Why? Why? Um, I did give it an average score. I gave it a four because... I was entertained enough. Like it was a very average movie to me. Like I, yeah. I said before, I laughed. Daniel Levy was cracking me up. Like I was laughing at those moments. Yeah, hilarious. Um, and I think that like helped pace the movie for me. And I do think um, that moment's engaging. I do think there's like one or two moments where Mackenzie, I'm not calling her by her name at all in this movie, but she like finally starts to open up and talk about some of why like she like went in the downstairs basement scene where she's like, you don't understand, like, this is what my life has always been. Like, it finally starts to engage you a little bit. So there are some moments that are engaging. So I don't think it's, like, I think it's average. I was engaged. I watched it. I enjoyed it. It was fine. I don't think this is a Christmas movie I'm going to watch a billion times or anything. But I I was engaged when I watched it enough. So average. Yeah, same. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I was at that level. I just, you know... Personally, I I kind of expected more. Like I expected yeah. to find there was this movie a lot of hype around fun. this movie too. Yeah, and I I just you know some people are like this is one of the best movies of the year, and I I just like didn't find it as enjoyable as I okay? wanted it to be. And it did debut number one in Australia because they can that's watch huge. Movies because good, they're good for you, Australia. You got your priorities right. All right, let's move on to originality. Let's talk about how creative these movies were. Uh, whether they're unique and they stand out, did they need to be made? Especially when there are so many rom coms, but not that many uh, Christmas rom coms and. There's uh, something special about Happiest Season. Layla, why don't you talk about originality for uh, Happiest Season? I mean, there, there's. I mean, it, we'll just call it out. Like this is one of the first, like, like LGBTQ led rom coms that's been in like released on this platform like this. Ever? It's the first LGBTQ movie from a major Hollywood studio to be produced as a broad commercial vehicle. Yeah, ever. Like, that's crazy. It's, that's crazy. That's nuts. Like, that alone, of course, is needed to be made. We need this in abundance. We need many, many, many more films that are inclusive and create diverse storylines that include other communities that need to be seen, that want to be seen, that want to watch movies that showcase their own lives and what they've gone through and their experiences. So absolutely original for that great freaking choice by these people to decide to move forward with this movie and it was an, it was i'm sure a lot of people enjoyed this movie and were happy that it came out so that's that alone is incredible um i don't i think it's also like one of the few like you said family christmas rom-com movies like when i was trying to think if there were other movies to compare happiest season to or family stone these two kind of were the only two that came up next to each other. There's like maybe one or two. Um, I think Tyler Perry's come up with a couple of Christmas family movies too, but like there's not a whole lot. It's not like a huge genre or anything like that. So I think it's always nice when they come out with a family based Christmas movie as I am someone who loves those. Um, but for what we, the, the first thing that I mentioned, I gave it a pretty high score in originality. I gave it above average. I gave it a five. So I, I, so I agree. I think it needed to be made, and I think it is important. And I actually do think that the way it handles the LGBTQ like issues, I think it handles those things kind of well. Uh, and and I like how they explore that. Um, I think 
in general, I find the movie to be like just just talking about the movie itself. Like, I just find a lot of it to be kind of derivative of like other rom coms, even if they're you know it's unique in its holiday theme. Um, even though it's like a really unique concept, it just doesn't. When you're watching it, it doesn't really feel that original and unique in like its execution. Yeah. Um, and I, but I, I do want to highlight a couple things. I do. Not only do I like how what, what they highlight um, <clears throat> in terms of like LGBTQ like relationships and everything, but I also like how they explore how you can be a shitty significant other um, in a non conventional in in a non conventionally shitty way and in a less openly shitty way. And I think what like Mackenzie Davis does to her in the course of the movie, I think are like honestly important points that should be brought up in rom coms. Assholery think- is inclusive. <clears throat> Yeah, exactly, and it, it's it's inclusive, it's insidious, it's uh, it, it's but it, I, I really like that it's like board. under the, it's like it, it brings up a new for a new conversation for that in relationships, and I and I like that, and I like the writing for that. Um, you know, I if I just said overall, I think it needed to be made, but it's not perfect, and it's not a huge standout. But I think it's going to pave the way for more movies to do that. And, and that's great. So I, I'm at a four because of that. I, I'm kind of neutral there. But I do think that whatever comes from this is going to be great. And it's a good starting point. I, I agree. I think it needed to be made, but it's not particularly satisfying. So maybe something else will satisfy us in the future. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm, I, I so. definitely want to talk about that more in Legacy, too. Because that ties exactly right. what you just said ties into... Well, the score I gave it in Legacy because I think these two, especially with this movie in particular, tie really hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, I I also would watch more movies by Clea Duvall. Um, you know, she was primarily an actor before this, but hmm. um, I didn't think that she did a poor job with that. Um, Nick, why don't you talk about originality with uh, Family Stone? Um, I also gave it a five. I think that it's. Um, if maybe for cheaper reasons, but at the same time, it does have you know it does speak to um, you know communities other than you know heterosexual communities of people who can who don't have you know a hearing uh, impairment, and there you know we've got a we've got a really inclusive cast that we're working with here, and I think it's really cool, um, you know, and there's I guess the plot that everyone the two brothers just like like one brother falls in love with another brother's ex then they're just everyone's like cool with it is unique i don't know yeah we don't need to talk about how it comes together honestly it comes to that last scene where they're all at christmas is like oh it's okay yeah sure I mean, that's a good point that you brought up about that. I mean, <laughs> is that I original? Is it a four or five? I don't know what to do. I I found it more original with with other things. Like, like yeah. I think that the characters and the family dynamic itself that you were kind of talking about, Nick, I find that to be really unique. And I think it's a standout in its genre in that way. I also really think that it's, as I was trying to say with acting, like, it's really tough to balance that many characters. And this movie does it so well that I I think it stands out just out of any type of movie that does that. Because you could have family dynamics that just get out of control when you have that many characters. And th- there are a lot of characters in this. 
Um, I also kind of like the concept of it is unique enough. I kind of was thinking about it and it's like, it's basically like if in meet the parents, the main person. So Greg in meet the parents, but like it's if instead of him just making mistakes all the time, he just was slightly off putting. He just said yeah. stuff that just rubbed them the wrong way and was kind of a not great person um, and not great person socially. And, and I like that. I don't, I'm not saying that it's any, it's the exact same movie as meet the parents, but I kind of like how they do that with this movie. Um, and, and I think it works with all the characters. Um, so I, I give it a five. I think it's slightly above average. Yeah. yeah I gave it a five too. I, 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 I can pick off of a lot of things that the two of you said. I do think Nick going off of what you said about like the inclusivity of this film, what movie can you think of where they just use sign language the way that they do in this movie? Yeah, Sound like, of Metal. Which, <laughs> but I, it's new. Yeah, it's, it's brand very new. new. Um, <laughs> but it's it's but that's the thing. This movie just like it's so under the radar how inclusive this movie was for when it was made. Like they didn't. It's not like I don't know. It the, the way they incorporate it into the movie is incredible. Like it's just a natural part of the movie. You never question mm-hmm. it. You never think about it. The family just uses it as they're communicating, and that's incredible. And like yeah. it's not. I love that it's not in your face. Like I love that it's just like this is a character in this movie because right. this, there are people in this and world so... that speak sign language and yay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Sorry, you just I just read a note and you just reminded me and I don't want to lose this. No, you, yeah, go ahead. You totally hit the nail on the head because it just takes everything in stride and it yeah, shows you that like absolutely. this is a family with some differences and it's not weird to them and it's not weird shouldn't be weird to anybody. Like yeah. that scene that that scene that's so important at the 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 table where Sarah Jessica Parker really just shoves her entire foot and and shin into her own mouth and yeah. just says just the dumbest she thing. She just keeps going. And she just keeps going. <laughs> the family is like, they're so taken aback because how could you think that way? How could you miss the point that much? How could you miss the point that yeah. much? It's just incredible that she's completely not seeing their point, which is that you can be anything that you, you can be anything and we're, we're going to love you because you're our kid. Like you're, a person you should love people For no sure. matter and what I, they are and, and it, even, they just take it it's just so natural that it's awesome sorry for sure no you're no you're fine and i mean that's that conversation that was that was another big point too like that conversation it's not another thing that's shoved in your face like it just feels like such a very normal conversation and the way that they're reacting to her also feels very normal and the, the things that diane keaton says in that scene too about like always hoping or like well it definitely wasn't my drapes like it definitely wasn't me like just the dialogue in that scene is so easy and it flows and i just think a movie like this needed to be made because dramedies aren't easy they're they're really difficult to flow comedy and drama so well and this movie does it stellar like it's it's perfect that and i think that's probably why this movie just hits so incredibly well with me because it's so human. Everything about this movie is so human. The sister-brother relationships, the way the mom and son interact with each other, the way she interacts with her husband. Every single individual person feels real to me. And I love this movie for that. I think it's very original for that. It's like it's kind of this like 
hidden gem that I don't think a whole lot of people know about. And if they watched or it, they would... hidden stone, if you will. Oh. <laughs> See what you did there. Uh, wow. uh, yeah, it's... I don't know. I think it definitely needed to be made. I think it's quietly, incredibly inclusive and beautiful and well-written and amazingly made. And there are not a lot of rom-coms and family dramas that hit the way that this one does, aside from it being a Christmas movie. So, Well, then I guess you're also kind of getting into our next category. So that is very beautifully said. Let's talk about the legacy. Uh, yeah. What was the lasting legacy of these movies? Uh, how were they received and how will they be received and how were they over time? Uh, we could start with Family Stone since you were just putting it so eloquently. <laughs> um, I had never heard, I, I, I don't know how, but I had never heard of this movie until you sure had mentioned I it. I'm pretty sure I told, yeah, I kept telling you to watch this yeah, movie. Yeah, I think you had mentioned it before, but it, like, it took me a while. I, there were, for many years of my life, I just would not watch rom-coms unless they were like ones that I knew, like like a clueless type rom-com that I like loved. Unless they just really scooped younger. you up. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it is pretty popular. I, it, it is, there are some people who reached out uh, and we're really excited that we we're doing Family Stone. I know Clay's mom, hopefully Clay's mom, Shannon, is listening because she's a huge Hi, Family Stone fan. She has, Same. Uh, according to Clay, <laughs> she has an extremely uh, obsessive um, relationship with uh, Family Stone. But uh, God, I feel you. It, it, it was actually not that well received. I, I mean, it made a decent amount of money. It was like a holiday movie, but it, so it made $92 million. But yeah. it has pretty bad reviews. And I... And I kind of don't get it i don't I get think it. like a 56 on metacritic and a 53 like rotten percentage on rotten tomatoes is harsh and yeah, i think, I think like i don't know what that. movie they were watching it might be about the time it came out um, i think it's aged really well based on like i think people yeah. now are really falling in love with it because it just hits now with like this generation at this time really really well totally totally yeah i mean i so i mean i'm like Hovering between a four and a five. I know. Uh, I'm you know, torn like, on I want to be objective, but I yeah. do think for some people it aged really well. And I really enjoyed it, and I was expecting not to enjoy it. And I, that's got to be great for its legacy. I received I, it well. Yeah, I I had a really hard time with this category because I want to give this movie like a five or a six because it's like one of my favorite movies ever. But I think if I'm being objective, I almost have to give it a four because it's just not on a lot of people's radar. It really is not. I... Gabe, I, I I definitely remember this. Like we've been talking about movies for like a decade now. Every Christmas, I brought this movie yeah. up to you. Um, yeah, so probably. it's it's I am constantly convincing people to watch this movie. But then, like every once in a while, I'll come across another person who loves it as much as I do, and that makes me so happy. So I do think there are people out there that adore this movie in kind of a cult like way, where they love it so much. But I don't think the majority of people even know it exists. So I can't. Yeah. I can't really give it much higher, I feel like, because of that, which is really unfortunate because I hope everyone listening that has not seen this movie goes and watches this movie. It's an incredible movie. I agree. Movie. If, you, if you somehow listen to this episode and you've never seen the movie, go on HBO Max and watch it because it is, it's really enjoyable. It's, it's, it's a fun movie. Uh, it warmed my heart. <laughs> Nick, what, do you have a difference in legacy? No. I'm going to stick with a four, by the way. I, I also went with a four. I, d- I don't understand why it's like in the 50s and everything. Like, I really don't think it's a bad movie at all. 
I mean, I don't love it, but I definitely don't dislike it at all. And I think that I think that you're right, Layla. I think maybe it just aged really well because we're just like better people now, 15 <laughs> years after this movie. I mean, it probably came out at collectively a time when, like, as half a society. It, it probably came out in a time where like critics were a little harsher about like rom coms and stuff because maybe there were like bad ones around, so they just didn't really like care about it then. You know? Yeah, we're now in a point where like we don't get a lot of family comedies and a lot of like rom coms. Yeah, and when this they is do, a like, different era really of rom com for sure. Yeah. Different era, and right. I miss it a lot. That's why I rewatch this all the time. <laughs> Did you go four or, or or five there, Layla? I won a four. <laughs> Feel kind of sad about it, but four all around. Well, all right, well, it's okay. Let's talk about happiest season legacy. All right. Uh, I I know one person who I was very surprised reacted very poorly to this movie. Did not like it. And that is Mimadre. She did not enjoy this movie. And I find that kind of crazy. Um, but she just, she said, my biggest problem ultimately was that everything worked out so perfectly for all of them. It was nice for them to have a bit of a discussion about how hard it is to come out and how it's different for different people. But it was a little too easy and totally resolved by the end, even for a rom-com. And, you know, that was kind of my reaction as well. But if I'm being objective here, you know, outside of that, and, and you know, my friend Clay had also reached out and was like, dude, what was that movie? <laughs> I, I didn't find it to be like bad or anything. Um, but it, it got good reviews and it, it's a hit right now. It's like very, yeah, people, very popular. People on really Hulu. do like it. I like, and I have a lot of friends. Uh, hi friends. I know you're listening right now that hi. really, really enjoyed it. Like they, thanks for listening. Cause I do think for a lot of people, they just put it on and that it's an, like, if you're just putting it on, like we're obviously yeah. watching it and we're thinking critically, we have these categories we have to think about, is this really that great? I'm comparing it to family stone, but like, if you're just at home chilling and you want to watch a heartwarming-ish like Christmas movie, Hallmark type movie, you throw on this movie and you're like, that was fun. <laughs> and it's about like the accessibility because we, we talked about this yeah, last year on sure. Christmas. We did Noel, which was just not a great movie <laughs> and not so that bad. fun. <laughs> but Noel is going to live in perpetuity because it's on Disney Plus, whereas this is a Hulu original and like, you know. Yeah, I, for I sure. I think that aids how popular it is. It's in everyone's homes. It's easy. They can throw it on and just enjoy it for a while, and that's good. That's easy. Yeah. You know, it's fun. And we did talk about an originality, but, like, the legacy of this movie, you know, if the legacy is that this is the first commercially, you know, first big commercial vehicle that's a, a LGBTQ, um, like, centered story, that's great. I think that what what is unfortunate is that the movie just could have been better, you know, yeah. and and right. I could have we could have all reacted stronger to it. Yeah, I, I don't think the relationship portrayed in it is a particularly healthy one either, which really sucks. Yeah. It is cool that there are four L- LGBTQ uh, character uh, actors in the movie. Yeah, no, yeah. it's definitely well. it's definitely a very representative film, and yeah. it's 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 a. It's great to see it. And I do think that it's, uh, even if, like, even if we take out what the legacy of this will look like later, if other films are made because this was successful, et cetera, this is still, it's still in itself has a legacy for people of that community, right? Like it's nice Mm -hmm. for them to be able to put on a movie this year that they feel represented in either way. That can just be its legacy on its own. And that should give it a big score because that never existed before. And that's an incredible thing. Even if it's not the greatest movie, just seeing yourself on screen is awesome. 
Yeah, so, I went on the objective route, and so I, I gave it a five, honestly, ab- above average, because I, I just think this movie is going to be really popular for a long time. Yeah. And even if... I uh, I hope other better movies take its place, so I gave it I a I agree. Four. That was my point in originality. If it, if it paves the way for other movies like that, I would love that. Yeah. And that would still aid this legacy, you know? You yeah. know what's great I, that I just read looking at the trivia? Sorry, Layla. Victor Garber is... Um, Victor Garber is homosexual, and he plays a character that um, is doesn't want his daughter to be homosexual. Yeah, he also can be the the professor and legally blonde who hits on her and is Mm -hmm. awful, and he's also the captain of the Titanic. Oh my god! Yeah, the the titular Titanic. He's also uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner's uh, uh, child's godfather so that's weird wow i did not Super know random. that is so fucking random um, <laughs> so random <laughs> so random so random. uh anyways nick do you have the scores for us um uh in one second i will layla did you go four or five for uh, happy season there for legacy i gave it a five five um that would be drum roll please that's your drum roll. All right. Really? <laughs> 53, that was the worst drum roll that anyone's ever, ever. or rolled. <laughs> and that anyone's ever. Uh, 53 for Happiest Season, 67. Out of 105. Stone. And 67 out of 105. Yep. Wow, yeah. pretty good. I, I mean, you know, like, I, I just want to say that... and. We don't really say this enough when we add it up. These scores are just so specific to these categories. And if I, you know, I was really glad that I watched Family Stone, but like personally, and I'm glad that I watched Happiest Season as well. Or I was like, you know, pushed to do it for this episode. I was going to put it off. Um, I think yeah. they're both pretty enjoyable. And yeah, I think it's you like know, the scores maybe, they, they maybe both, don't reflect that. They both really scooped me up. <laughs> they scooped you up. Um, I, yeah, I think it's like kind of almost important to always say like, this is this is a podcast where we have to be critical, right? That's the point. We're having yeah. conversations around right. it. But at the end of the day, Family Stone is one of my favorite movies ever. And I really enjoyed watching Happiest Season. Like, it was fun to put yeah. on. I had a good time watching it. I drank some wine. I laughed. It was a good night. So, like, at the end of the day, these were both fun. I'm sure I will see Happiest Season again at some point and always will watch Family Stone. Um, so, it's like, it's, you know, we're sitting here critiquing, but... Great movies, and so happy that Happiest Season came out. Happy that it came out. <laughs> and and congratulations, Family Stone, in case we didn't say that to you already. You did so well. Uh, you won. Um, do you guys have any recommendations based on these movies or anything else that you don't, think other people should watch? Don't watch the Benedict Cumberbatch Grinch. I think I probably already said that on this that's podcast. That's a good anti-recommendation. Yeah, that's don't a good do thing it. to say out loud, because I've never seen it, and I probably would have tried it, and now I never It's a will. trash movie. And uh, uh, the Grinch is my favorite, and it just is like, what is? Are this? you a cartoon, old cartoon, or human? O- old cartoon? I mean, I love okay. both. Over but Jim Carrey? Yeah, dude, you got to go with the classic. No, you fuck off. No, you don't. <laughs> who says that you had to go with the classic? I don't have to like who's afraid of Virginia Woolf more than Inception. Like, <laughs> give me a break, dude. Wow, you took that. Yeah. So far. In I always such so a far. weird direction. I don't <laughs> dumb, Nick. I'm not going to get into this. Don't watch the Benedict Cumberbatch okay. one. I don't right. know why people like it. Uh, I got a recommendation of things that you should watch. Uh, watch the movie Serendipity. I think I said this in our last think, about Christmas. Yeah, you definitely did. Uh, yeah, it, but it, it, you know, it is about the holiday season because they come together in the holiday season. Um, Chinooka it, or Christmas? It's great. It, it's in Chinooka. Uh, no, it's it's Christmas. Um, gotcha. Okay. 
they they don't do that. I I also think and the and our conversation about what Mackenzie Davis does as a character made me think uh people should go watch normal people because I actually think in the first two episodes with the with Connell's character, they kind of do what he what she does in this movie. You know, like keeping things private like and like how much it's hurting the other person. Better done, yeah, exactly. But they do it yeah. in a great way. I also, I just think normal people is is great. Um, Everyone it, should see normal people. Probably the best. I, it's yeah, they should. Absolutely incredible. One of I think it's just, my in a year of really great TV. I think it was my yeah. favorite season of television this year. Yeah. So incredible, uh, and that's on Hulu as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any other recs, Layla? Um. I thought a lot about this because I was trying to think of things that were like in relation to um, these movies specifically, but I couldn't really. I did watch The Holiday last night, which is another favorite um, oh, Christmas with Jack movie. Black and yeah, Cameron Diaz. Uh, love that Christmas movie, um, but it always makes me think of Nancy Myers because she made it. So if anyone doesn't know Nancy Myers' movies, you should go watch all of them. Diane Keaton is in one of them, and something's got to compl- give. Um, oh, something's got to give. Yeah. yeah, it's complicated. Is the one with Meryl. Um, and Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Uh, so that's a random tangent that I just went on, but uh, those are all great movies. Go watch Nancy Myers. Next week, Nick, you're going to be so excited about this. <laughs> Next week, we are doing the superior Grinch movie. We're doing The Grinch Who Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey, and we are going against Bad Santa, starring Billy Bob Thornton. Two curmudgeony anti-Christmas people stealing on Christmas. Uh, go watch those wherever they are. I actually don't know if either of them are streaming, but everyone should have seen The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. And I always recommend, every Christmas I recommend Bad Santa. It makes me die of laughter. I fucking love that movie. So um, I'm giving it all sevens ahead of time. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram. Look our, uh, look our asses up. Uh, we're facing off podcast. Uh, just look up facing off pod. We're also on Twitter. Uh, Nick's been sending out some pretty funny tweets, so follow <laughs> us there. Uh, Twitter.com slash facing off pod. I think Jose Canseco may end up following us because we retweeted him and he said, Everyone who retweets this is getting a follow. Oh my and god, so, stop. That would be incredible. Dude, we did. He is a, and he's an actual crazy person. Hey, Jose. Yeah. And I you're would listening love to this, for him. Man. Hey, Jose Canseco, come on the pod. Do you guys have a send off? Um, I will in, in one second. Here we go. Hold on. Jose Canseco said, I will be at Jose Canseco Showtime Car Wash tomorrow, Thursday from 1 to 2 p.m. Come get some gas, he's some food, and get some autographs at Don't Forget That Car Wash. Yep. Okay, so Jose Canseco <laughs> is crazy, and Nick did not take my note of, of keeping stupid comedy away from our podcast. Uh, <laughs> that's your send-off. Layla, what's yours? Uh, I don't really have one. I guess if I don't have a chance before, happy holidays to everybody listening. I hope everyone has a good holiday in this crazy, crazy year. Yeah, yeah. Have a Merry Christmas, because I think that will be right Happy after holidays, me. and don't forget that Thursday tomorrow from 1 to 2 p.m., Jose Canseco will be at his car oh wash. God. Cut him <laughs> off, cut him off. <laughs> <laughs>